0: Good morning, Colorado. You're listening to the Daily Sun Up with the Colorado Sun. It's Wednesday, December 20th. Today, political reporters Brian Eason and Sandra Fish talk about a surprising choice in the upcoming Democratic presidential primary and more. Before we begin, a quick message. Join the Colorado Sun on January 4th as the politics team looks at the 2024 legislative session and what we can expect to hear from legislative leaders. RSVP for free today at coloradosun.com events. Now let's go back in time with some Colorado history. On this day in 1803, the United States formally acquired a vast, vaguely defined land claim through the Louisiana Purchase in a ceremony at the Cabildo in New Orleans' historic French Quarter. This territory had been contested by global powers since the late 17th century, with France initially claiming the entire Mississippi River drainage in 1682. Named after King Louis XIV, Louisiana passed from French to Spanish control in 1762 and back to France in 1800. The U.S. unexpectedly doubled its land size for 60 million francs, aiming initially only to purchase New Orleans from Napoleon Bonaparte. This acquisition included about half of modern Colorado, aligning with the Mississippi River drainage sought by LaSalle centuries earlier. To understand this new territory, President Jefferson sanctioned five expeditions, including two by Zebulon Pike, to explore and establish American presence in the area, marking the first assertion of American authority in what is now Colorado. Before we continue, a quick thank you to our members, who make it possible for the Colorado Sun to bring you your news about our beautiful, complex state. If you aren't yet a member, consider joining now to support local journalism and gain access to member newsletters. Start your membership today at coloradosun.com join. Next, our feature
1: story. Good morning, everyone. Happy Wednesday and welcome to the Daily Sunup. Uh, I am Brian Eason with the Colorado Sun, and I'm joined by Sandra Fish, a uh, political reporter and data whiz for our politics team. She wrote a story this morning about some changes to how Democrats will handle their presidential nominations in 2024. Fish, can you tell us a little bit about what's changing on the primary ballot, and also why why are Democrats doing this?
2: You know, this is pretty interesting, Brian this is only going to be the fifth primary that has been an actual primary for voters to vote in in Colorado. We had them in 92, 96, and 2000. They got rid of them because it was too expensive. And then voters actually got to vote on reinstating the presidential primary. And we had our first since 2000 in 2020. Now we're having another one. What the Democrats have done, they have added to the ballot something called a non-committed delegate. And it's basically the equivalent of none of the above. Pretty interesting. President Joe Biden, a Democrat, is also on the Democratic ballot, along with some other folks. And, And so it's interesting that they've done this. And, you know, I texted briefly with Shad Marie the Democratic Party chair about this and and he said look we aim to provide as many choices as we can to our voters so that's their reasoning
1: that's really interesting I mean do, do you expect there to be much much impact of this right I mean I, I you know I wouldn't think this would uh, torpedo uh the president's you know nomination chances but uh I assume there's there has to be some impact, otherwise they wouldn't do this,
2: right? It's it's really interesting. And I've reached out to the Biden campaign and asking them about this and haven't heard back. I, you know, you look at someplace like Florida and the Democratic Party just said, Joe Biden is our nominee and that's it. And we're not adding any other candidates to the ballot. The thing is, political parties have a lot to say over these presidential nominating contests because eventually... The delegates to the national conventions are selected at the state assembly, and both parties in the state, Republicans and Democrats, are going to elect delegates proportionately based on the outcome of the presidential primary. In the Republican primary, you've got to have 20 percent statewide. It's a little bit different um, for the Democrats. It's kind of complicated and I'm not going to get into it here. But, you know, both parties are going to allocate delegates proportionately, but you have the potential for some Democratic delegation delegates to the Democratic National Convention to be uncommitted, basically, to not be supporting any presidential candidate.
1: That's fascinating. So you you reported that this isn't the first time Colorado voters have been able to do this, right? To be able to choose a non-committed delegate. Uh, Yeah. In
2: 1992, the first presidential primary the state held, Democrats also had a non-committed delegate. And that was back when George Bush was president, the first president, George Bush. The Democratic primary is wide open. Bill Clinton eventually won. He defeated George Bush in 1992, but he didn't win the Democratic primary in Colorado. Jerry Brown did, the governor of California, former governor of California, and um, Clinton came in second. Really, that non-committed delegate received only 2% of the vote, so there weren't any uncommitted delegates of Democrats. And the Republicans aren't doing that this year. Republicans have several candidates on the ballot. It's going to be interesting to see what happens there. At this point, while we're recording this, we don't know the outcome of the lawsuit in the state Supreme Court in which people are trying to keep Donald Trump off the ballot.
1: So in some other election news this week, uh, we had a, a Democratic lawmaker, Representative uh, Saeed Charbini, who submitted his resignation from the Colorado House. Uh, he pointed to to low pay. Uh, state lawmakers only make about $44,000 a year as, as their base salary. And he also pointed to just the political vit- vitriol of, of today's um, today's politics, right? Um He's the second Democrat to do so this month. Uh, representative Ruby Dixon, of course, resigned, uh, resigned earlier, uh, earlier this month, citing some of the same things. She was complaining about, about vitriol, about lawmakers not being able to work together. Um, you've done a lot of reporting around, around the vacancy process here in Colorado. Can you give us a quick refresher on, on how these seats will, will be filled?
2: This is an interesting thing, because when somebody resigns, or sadly, like former minority leader Hugh McKean, die while they're in office, the state of Colorado provides for a vacancy committee made up of party officials from that legislative district. And it can be in, in one recent vacancy committee, it was only about 34 people, I think, who got to vote on a replacement for an open house seat. These things are a little bit controversial. I mean, it, there have been times in the past, though, that, that they were even smaller than that. And some of them are actually pretty large. You have a lot more members. It just depends on the district and how active they are, how strong the party is in that district lawmakers actually passed a measure a few years ago to make sure these committees had more people on them because there were instances actually mostly in the Republican Party where there might just be a handful of people selecting the next nominee. And the person who sponsored that legislation was now Republican Party Chairman Dave Williams. And it was seen as sort of a a bit of an affront to his party. But people in the end, especially Democrats, went along with him but these vacancy committees, you know, you've got well, a few dozen people making a decision, electing somebody who's going to represent tens of thousands of people in the legislature.
1: Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, these could be for, in the case of Senate seats, it could be for multiple years that this person gets gets to serve uh, without having to go through an election. Uh, in the case of these two House seats, uh, the replacements will effectively serve half of these two lawmakers' terms because they both served just the first year after being elected in 2022. Um, So not everyone likes this process. Uh, There's some obvious reasons for that that we've discussed. It does feel a little little anti-democratic, right? Um, And there is an effort that may appear on next year's uh, statewide ballot to change that. Can you tell us a little bit about that proposal and and who's supporting it?
2: Yes. So, Kent Derry and a national group based in Denver that he co-chairs, Unite America, are promoting a ballot measure or measures that would really radically change several things in how Coloradans vote for elected officials. And part of that is getting rid of these vacancy committees and holding special elections. I've gotta add, we're on track here with these two resignations to have 29 of the 100 lawmakers serving next session having been appointed by a vacancy committee at some point in their service, which is close to a third. You know, they, they may have been elected since, They may have been elected, um, lost election, and then appointed to something different. But it's a pretty, that's kind of a pretty high number. So, you know, Kit, Theory and United America think that it would be better to have special elections. I mean, their their proposal is way broader than that. It would create in all offices from state lawmaker up to statewide officials in um, US Senate and House, a single primary. Just everybody runs in one ballot. We, the voter, get to choose one person in that primary, and the top four in each contest go to the general election. Then, voters would rank those four candidates, or they wouldn't have to rank them. They could just choose one. To be number one candidate. But the idea is that each candidate would eventually get to fifty over 50%. If somebody got over 50% with just the initial ranking, they win. If not, the bottom, the fourth candidate drops out and you count all their second choice votes. So it's a pretty complicated thing. It's just getting started here. Um, the title board is actually meeting today to talk about these proposals and review them. It'll be interesting to see what they say. It's pretty complicated. We've got all sorts of like single-subject requirements in the Constitution, so we're going to be watching this throughout 2024, which is almost here.
1: Yeah, it will be fascinating to see how how that proposal proceeds. Uh, we in Colorado, we do have ranked choice voting in 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 some local elections, like the city of Boulder. Um, but the sheer amount of changes that they're proposing in this in this measure, and whether that ends up being one measure or or a few different measures, um, it'll be interesting how how voters are able to parse that. Um, you know, Colorado has just famously complicated ballot issues. Um, rates choice voting certainly would not would not make the ballot less complicated um and you know one one of the challenges with with these with these vacancies you know you point out that 29 out of 100 are were appointed by these committees well that's you know someone who uh is concerned about the use of taxpayer money in elections might say well yeah but that's 29 special elections we didn't have to hold and so that's money that we've all saved right exactly Um, so it will be interesting to see how the the debate evolves over the, over the coming months on, on all of this stuff. All right. Well, thank you so much for, uh, for doing this. Uh, and we hope uh, we hope our listeners ha- enjoy the rest of, rest of their Wednesdays. Good
2: talking to you, Brian.
0: You can read more at coloradosun.com. Finally, here are a few stories that you should know about today. The Colorado Supreme Court ruled Tuesday that Donald Trump cannot appear on the state's Republican presidential primary ballot next year because he is disqualified by engaging in an insurrection. The stunning decision is almost certain to be immediately appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court and is likely to have national ripple effects. The Colorado Supreme Court stayed its ruling until January 4th to give the U.S. Supreme Court time to weigh in. Colorado State Representative Saeed Sharbini announced he'll resign from the House of Representatives at the end of the year. He said his family could, quote, no longer endure the financial strain of serving in the state legislature. Sharbini, a first-term Democrat from Brighton, wrote in a letter to the chief clerk of the House that he would resign his seat effective December 31st. A state panel unanimously blocked a creative attempt by elected officials in Douglas County to offer a $28 million property tax break to homeowners by making an across-the-board reduction in previously determined home values. The State Board of Equalization voted unanimously to reverse the decision by the Douglas County Commissioner to reduce the county's valuations of single-family homes, townhomes, and condominiums by 4%. For more information on all of these stories, visit our website, coloradosun.com. And don't forget to tune in again next time. The Colorado Sun is nonpartisan and completely independent. We're always dedicated to telling the in-depth stories we need today more than ever and The Sun is supported by readers and listeners like you. Right now, you can head to coloradosun.com and become a member, starting at $5 per month for a basic membership, and if you bump it up to $20 per month, you'll get access to our exclusive politics and outdoors newsletters. Thanks for starting your morning with us, and don't forget to tune in again tomorrow.